Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Decepticlowns. You're listening to oh, I, uh, you're listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise across television. I'm one of your hosts, Nero, and I'm your other host, Audrey. And this week we have uh, a full breadth of what Transformers Armada has to offer us as a show: the good and the bad, and the ugly, and the ugly, very, very ugly, the off-model. So ugly. What the hell happened? We'll get there. We'll get to Gnome Hotshot. I I just can't understand what happened there. But uh, first we have a good episode to talk about. Yep. Uh, so first up is episode six, which is in the sub called Conservation. Oh, that, that's, uh, that's fun. That's more fitting than what our title is, which is Jungle. Categorically... I mean- not a jungle. Yeah, that's a forest. That is a pine forest. Well, you know. Forest is not the same. Jungle, very distinct from forest. Um, so we start off, I actually kind of like how um, this episode mirrors itself in the beginning and its endings, but we start off with a scene of just the Autobots and Decepticons shooting each other, blam, blam, blam. Um, and Scarscream's like, fuck this, I can fly. And, because they're both under cover, and he, uh, (laughs) he, like, flies up and, uh, you know, tries to head straight for Optimus, and Optimus just, like, shoots his wing out. And he's beauty, he's grace, he's Miss United States, he falls right into Cyclonus, and they both beef it. Yeah, and then Optimus walks up and is about to fucking execute him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Starscream death counter, one. Yeah, but of course we know the real Optimus would never do such a thing, and this is a Danger Room-style battle simulation, which uh, I like that it is a simulator that is projected out of a little orb on the surface of the moon. I think that's cool. Yeah, I think it's sort of like, uh, I'm gonna keep using hollow forms. As uh, the explanation for anything that uh, otherwise cannot be technologically explained. Because uh, yeah. that seems to have worked so far. <laughs> uh, you know who doesn't think it's very cool, though? Megatron, who uh, thinks all of his soldiers uh, performed like absolute dog shit. Especially Starscream. <laughs> yeah. There... It is important to know that there is never actually a point in this series where Armada doesn't think... That Starscream has performed absolutely dog shit. Even, oh, that's true. Even at the end of this episode, where he very yeah. categorically does not perform dog shit. So yeah, Megatron is like, alright, you, I really need you to, you are making me look bad, Starscream. You are my second in command, and you just keep eating shit. And then Demolisher and Cyclones, of course, chime in with, yeah, and you don't even have a fucking minicon yet, loser, nerd-ass bitch. Damn. So, this is it's actually slightly different. Like, this is the point where Starscream's like, well, maybe I wouldn't be, like, sucking shit 
if I wasn't the only person on this goddamn planet without a Micron of my own. And Megatron was like, fuck you. New Micron just dropped. We're going to go find it. And it's mine. Yep. That's basically how it goes. <laughs> just Yeah. It's just like everyone just keeps mocking him because he doesn't have many cons. Scrooge like, well, I, if I had a mini con, maybe I'd be able to do shit. And Megatron's like, yeah, whatever. We're going to go get a new mini con and mate. And at first he's like, maybe you'll, he doesn't actually say he wants, he wants it yet. He's just like, we'll go get a new minicon and we'll see what happens. Oh no, he's quite you explicit know. in the sub that he's like, we're going to go get it and it's mine. And Starscream's just like Marge Simpson. Mm. Uh, yeah, he, he makes a lot of those noises in the dub. He's, he gets Margie a little bit sometimes with the, uh, <laughs> the very raspy voice that he's given. I believe, I believe it's Paul Dobson. What is, what is actually interesting about like this episode in particular, but things that we've seen throughout the oh, only five episodes we've seen so far actually is that it's actually, it becomes increasingly evident that Megatron is genuinely afraid of Starscream's potential. Uh, where, you know, there's there's his sign-off that he said to Sandstorm in the last episode, where it's like, Starscream is desperate and desperate is dangerous. Um, there's his, like, absolute refusal to power him up, boost his power in any way, shape, or form by giving him a Micron. Um, and it's like, it's like really interesting to see that he's, he clearly, although he doesn't say it and tries to keep Starscream in control through, uh, the verbal abuse, uh, that, um, he really is genuinely afraid of what Starscream could become. Yeah, he sees him as a threat. Yeah. Um, which Starscream makes very explicit in, at the end of this episode. Yeah. At least in the dub, where he's like, I, I aim to surpass Megatron. I'm, I'm the strongest fucker in the world. Um, which Megatron is not happy about. But yeah, it's an interesting spin on the, on the classic Starscream Megatron dynamic, where most of the time, Starscream is no threat. She's he's a threat so to hot. himself, actually. Yeah, really. Uh, G- G1 Starscream really only managed to hurt himself very frequently and embarrassingly. But meanwhile, back on Earth, uh, the kids are hanging out, and Rad has the actually good idea of getting basically camping supplies to put in the Autobot base, because I highly doubt that the Autobots have any human comforts in their, you know, secret robot base. Yeah. Seems so. There's, like, a lot of... <laughs> a, a lot of, of, of robots getting used to humans in these episodes, huh? Yes, there sure is. In some cases, enjoying human attention, perhaps too much, perhaps yeah. recklessly. Yeah, but uh, as as the Decepticons uh, have, uh, the Autobots have uh, identified a new Micron signal. Well, before that, actually, oh. there's a, there's a, there's a quick scene where Optimus and Red Alert are. Uh, sort of looking over the the Minicon mm. panel for Runway that they recovered last episode, and Optimus is just like he's just like I don't, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why this Minicon won't wake up. It doesn't make any sense. And Red Alert brings up the theory that his information may have been encrypted for some reason, and it's protected and needs something to unlock it. He's just a sleepy little guy. Let him hit snooze. Let him hit snooze repeatedly. Yeah. But 
so yeah, the, as the kids get here, there's a new minicon dropping, um, and it's it's a good thing they brought their camping gear because this next minicon is in the middle of a thick fucking forest. I do like that they have full on magical girl transfer se- transformation sequences now. They do, yeah. We get we you know we get this is our our big old our nice uh, stock filler sequence to fill out the episode a little bit. The warp gate montage we've seen it all before. They get real stretchy. Yeah. And there's, like, again, the same stock footage of all the kids getting into their hollow form uniforms, stepping on their panels. Um, yeah. And they, so they get, arrive in the forest. They, they get there and they immediately see the world's most fucked up looking deer. Oh, yeah. That's, these aren't the deer from Annihilation. Uh, they look like dogs. They look like greyhounds. That is not a deer to me. You know the deer from Adventure Time that takes off its hooves and wiggles its fingers? Yeah. Underneath, that's what they look like. They really do. The Armada team struggles to draw deer. Sometimes they struggle to draw hotshot. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes they struggle to draw rad. There are some pretty choice rad faces in this episode. There really are. I didn't catch any of those, but yeah, there's some, there's some good looking ones in there. Not, not quite as good as his, uh, his one face in episode three that I really enjoy, but, uh, but you know, they're, they're in this forest and everyone, you know, I, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I was curious, but judging from the name of the, of the Micron Legend episode, I'm going to guess that this episode is just as heavy on the environmentalist message as the dub is. Oh, yeah. No, Rad is... Rad is... <laughs> Rad has just completed his science fair project, and he needs to tell the world about it. Yeah, like, he is... He he is, like, super into environmentalism in this episode. It's which funny, is really- because for their, like, extreme sport main character named Rad, he sure is a fucking nerd, huh? He is a bit of a nerd, yeah. There's also one line I wanted to shout out from Carlos here, where he's, he claims that he is afraid of no animals other than tigers and panthers. And I have to ask why. Why those two in particular? Um, what do the tigers ever do you, Carlos? I'm going to assume a crossover with Mushalucha. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Given no. that it's the same animation company. Um, is it? The same uh, dub company. I was yeah. about to say, if that was the same animation company, that is a wild connection. But yeah, same dub company, that makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're, we discussed this a bit in, in the first episode, but they also did, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and, uh, and a few other things, but Mucha Lucha, yes. Um. So, yeah, so while Rad is, is talking about how beautiful the forest is, uh, the Autobots realize that they can't really drive anywhere in this forest they gotta they gotta walk <laughs> hot, hot rod's so pissed off about it but the funniest part of this is optimus going hmm i need to leave my big boy legs behind yes he's like i'm gonna leave this here it, this is a surprise tool that'll help us later spark plug you watch my ass literally yeah <laughs> he's like here let me slip into something more comfortable takes my legs off yep so they're walking hot shot really hates this he gets <laughs> he gets smacked in the face by a tree and he's just like you know what fuck this shit i'm gonna start logging and he so he spins up the saws that are on his feet which are of course things that are on his the front of his car they're like wheelies 
Yeah, they're they're on the front of his car mode, except they also work while he's in robot mode, which means he could fuck someone up with a kick if he really wanted to. Why hasn't he like, done this? Because too graphic. Yeah, really. We would not want to see what happens if he fucking kicks Cyclonus with his razor heels. Just it's just robot wars from TLC. Yeah. Um, but Rad is like, hey, don't fucking quit that hotshot. You gotta respect the Earth. Yeah, he, he like, starts meditating and then, like, has the night, basically does, like, the Night Vale line. Trees, they are us. And, and explains. And, and Hotshot's, Hot, Hot Rod's like, well, fuck me. Is, like, everything on this planet alive? I can't kill animals. I can't kill trees. Like, is everything alive? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah dude, it's organic. Yeah, Red Alert's is like, can you just fucking be respectful of, of this world, Hotshot? Can you just calm down for five seconds? Yeah, he just, Hotshot just wants to fucking kill. We've known this about him. He's a bloodthirsty little shit. He's not here to take prisoners, as he's established. Um... They they eventually get to a spot where they can drive a bit, right? It, yes, they do. They right, find yeah. this like huge clearing, and everyone is like, "Oh, cool, uh, a path we can finally you know stretch our tires, as it were." But Rad looks really angry, yeah, about it. And once once they're in Optimus, he's like, the the other two are like, "What what's gotten into you?" And Rad's like. Yeah, this is this shit is fucking. I know what this shit is. This is like illegal logging. This is from like an illegal logging operation. Yeah, he he's he he has he goes on this like entire diatribe about it. So they they get in to into Hot Rod and they start driving through it. And Raz like, all right, tree fact corner. One, they're my friends. Two, we need them to live. Three, the shit's illegal. Four. Humans are the virus, and it's like, all right, dude. Um, Optimus, I think they're an Optimus, not a hot trick. It's hot. Optimus just goes, oh, you're right. damn. It is, it is Optimus. And Alexa and Carlos are like, okay. Yeah, Optimus is like, damn. Oh, yeah. You're so right. Okay, actually, the line, I, I put down the line because it's so funny to me. Um, the line is, um, the, the planet appears to be peaceful, but it has its own problems, I guess. This planet appears to be peaceful? I mean, I guess everything's relative, but bro. Okay, they're in Nebraska, to be fair. Nothing happens in Nebraska. That's they true. Haven't, they haven't downloaded the internet. That's true. <laughs> they haven't looked at the history you of the planet. You wouldn't download a car. <laughs> Optimus already did, and he put guns on it. Yep. So, yeah, there, I, I was surprised by how often they're saying global warming here in this scene. They're, they're saying it a lot. It, it's 2002. I guess that was kind of the turn of, like, we're talking about it instead of not talking about it. Yeah. That was, that was around the time when, thank- like, Hole in the Ozone Layer became a real a real big thing. Yeah, thank God uh, we're so far progressed past that now. Thank God we solved that. <laughs> yeah, thank God there's no climate crisis. <sighs> so yeah they're they're driving at some point the decepticons get down there uh you know they are also having not a great time in the forest yeah they hate it <laughs> they fucking hate this shit um so they meet up the two sides fucking collide of course uh on this path and they they start fighting um but collateral damage the lasers spark a forest fire <laughs> And Optimus is like, all right, everyone, 
stop firing unless you have a clear shot, because fire's bad. I learned this from a talking bear. <laughs> yeah, he, Optimus, Optimus, like, yeah. becomes Smokey the Bear Prime for a little bit here. Meanwhile, Megatron has no such compunctions and just fucking dumps laser fire into this forest. Yeah. Um, he calls, alright, so here's a new, a new thing. So, Prime calls Sparkplug and tells him to get his trailer. And apparently, Sparkplug can drive the trailer. Right. On his so, own. So the the Autobots are able to like gain enough, or either the Autobots are able to gain enough ground, or the they retreat. They retreat to fight the fire, leaving right. the Decepticons to uh, to get the Minicon. Right. So so they they retreat, and uh, Optimus Optimus calls Prime and is like, "Yo, Prime, get my legs." So yeah, they, well, he's right. And here's another weird dub thing. So Optimus calls him Sparkplug. He's like, hey, Sparkplug, come bring the trailer. We're going to need it. Uh, directly after that, Red Alert has a line where he calls Sparkplug Leader One again. Oh no, that's so God bad. God damn it. That's By the way, so bad. If he... I believe I have some name lore on Leader One because he's not a Transformers character. I believe Leader One is a GoBots character. Yeah, like I said, steal some toys from Japan. Give them a new IP. The, uh, the Transformers <laughs> has a has a history with GoBots, including destroying their entire universe in one comic continuity. Yeah, I do like that. There are there are other like canonical um, robotic species. Yeah, um, this is where Megatron reveals to Starscream. Nah. I want that minicon for myself in the dub, and Starscream gets real fucking oh, well, pissed. Well, we need to we need to talk about why Prime was called. Yeah, in the first so play. Sparkle, so before, yeah, Sparkle bring the trailer. Yeah, right? so and because the kids are like everyone, they're all trying to put out the fire. Like uh, Ratchet is digging trenches, and you know they're all like doing what they can, but it's just not working. And so Alexa finally uses the Cyberhawk um, to look for water. They're like, if we can get water, then um, we can put this out. And they find a river, but they're like, "Fuck, that's like a ways away. How are we gonna get the water there?" Over here, and <laughs> Optimus is like, "Hey, don't worry." My legs turn into a firefighting station. What can't this incredible toy, I mean, base do? Yeah, buyer toys, buyer. This is this is the most egregiously buyer toys, buyer toys, buyer toys moment we've had so far. Unfortunately, I, I had this. Uh, I had the big Optimus figure as a kid. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, it is the, cool. Is the thing about it. The base had no water features, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, there there are toys that had water features in the past, but by the time Armada came around, that uh, that was a thing of the past. I mean, if to, if you remember, the original Beast Wars Megatron toy had a water cannon in his arm. Yeah, shit. He squirted Oh, the water. good old days. The good old days. So yeah, well, uh, they, they like kind of jerry-rig a firefighting thing like they they weld together it because it doesn't actually come equipped they have to kind of build it right there well, to adapt it into a firefighting no, station here's the thing this is and this is what i mean by the most egregious buyer toys buyer toys buyer toys part it's a base with additions to it that you can clip on and off 
to yep. to change the functionality. Like, it's clear that they knew that they could do this. This wasn't, like, jerry-rigged out of nothing. They just needed to spend some time yeah. changing so it. Yeah, so they, they get this base together, and they start fighting the fire. The humans and the minicons are, are, are doing that, it and they, looks they like, tell... It looks like, um, like a playground at a water park. It does. Oh man, the fucking Optimus Prime water water playground coming yeah. to a coming to it's, her. It's just everyone everyone has like their own water gun stations, and they're just throwing it to fire. Man, I miss water parks. Fuck COVID, man. Yeah, <laughs> definitely do not want to get into the COVID soup these the days. Soup. Maybe in a few. Yeah, the fucking germ soup. Maybe in a few years, we'll return to the water park. But uh, yeah, so as the kids and the Minicons are fighting this this fire, uh, they tell the Autobots to go ahead and, and fight for the Minicon, which is, by the way, it's like sealed in amber, I think. Like, it's stuck up in this tree and it's sealed inside of this... It, it, I think it's supposed to be sealed in amber, because it's sort of this, like, outgrowth from a branch. Um, I thought it would just, so, like, landed in the tree and the tree grew around it. Yeah, and so Megatron is like, alright, uh, cut down these trees, but be careful not to damage the Minicon. But before they can start doing that, the Autobots show back up. And I think he does it off-screen, but this is a really bizarre ability Armada Optimus has. Oh my has. god, oh my god, weaponized clapping! Yeah, he, it's not even clapping, he like cracks his knuckles, and like a big energy ball shoots out of them. It's like, oh. he like... He sort of like clasps his hands together like he's praying almost, and then just thrusts them forward. I interpreted it as like clapping and sending a wave out from his clap. It might be. It's really, like I said, this is off screen, so it's really unclear right. what he did. We just see the aftermath of it after he smacks Megatron with this thing. It's a really weird attack. Optimus, you have a gun. <laughs> You have a gigantic gun. Why do you not use it? So you have guns on your arms. We've seen you use them before. That was the last episode. You were sliding down the the fucking mountain, blasting away. Yeah, right. Now he can do this too. But so that what? So the the Autobots and Decepticons square off. But Starscream once again remembers. Oh fuck! I can fly. <laughs> So yeah. he just transforms and starts fucking slashing his way through this forest, going for the minicon while everyone else is distracted. And everyone is like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and sure enough, he gets his little guy. And his little yeah. guy, Grid. Yeah, is... Grid. Or in, in the dub, Swindle. Oh my god, I forgot it was Swindle. That's so it funny. <laughs> Swindle is a is another G1 guy that they just sort of slapped his name on just some random little guy. Um, but I, I do want to shout out when he when he grabs the minicon, uh, he he says, uh, Go on, scan my beautiful image. Give me what I deserve. Show me my partner. Yeah, the, I mean it's similar in the in the sub. It's like scan scan my form. Uh, become my partner. But, you, but I, I love scan my beautiful image. It, Just getting a little bit of that old Starscream egotism. In yeah, there. it may have been beautiful, or, or, or like I, I think there was a descriptor there as well. I may not have been beautiful, but it may, you know, something, something. Yeah, so Swindle is a little guy who turns into a race car, and he immediately starts stunting around. Just driving all over the place, and then he, uh, Starscream calls him to <laughs> Starscream's power. Starscream's like, oh, you're fuck now. Fastest in the sky, fastest on the land. 
Yep, he does. And so he, like... Oh, just really quick. The... Uh, Grid kind of looks like a very small, ugly Starscream. He's like... A little bit. He's like very... He's the same red color scheme. Um, he has, like, a grid mouth. Um... He- he looks kind of like a Power Rangers, like, helper robot. A little! I forget what that guy is called. I forget what the, the robot was called, like, Alpha something. Yeah, but Alpha. He looks a little bit like that. Alpha 1, I believe. So, Starscream calls Swindle the Power Links. They still don't say Power Links in the dub. They haven't learned what that word is. Uh, they still say Transform and Combine. But uh, Swindle, uh, you know, latches onto his back. And deploys the twin cannons that he has had mounted on his shoulders, but hasn't haven't seemed to done anything. And he calls out null laser cannons and just fucking blasts everybody. Oh, it's even it's even more direct in um, the sub where it is literally just null ray cannons. And folks, I pogged really really hard here because um, the null rays were Starscream's like signature weapon in G one. Now they weren't cannons; they were. Um, paralytic uh, guns that he had uh, strapped to his arms. That, uh, but uh, getting a shot from a, a, a null ray would freeze you in your place. But just hearing the words null ray in another like cannon uh, just made my heart smile so much. It's very cool. Yeah, and, but he just makes a huge fucking crater, just knocks everybody over, and Megatron's like, you fucking asshole, you piece of shit, we're leaving. Yeah, he, so... <laughs> Fuck this. So he does that at, at what Megatron says in the... Again, with, like, this, like, hint of fear, Megatron, like, looks at him in the Japanese version and, and goes, Starscream, what are you thinking? As, as Starscream opens fire on the entire lot of them. Yeah. And while they, they teleport away, Starscream stays behind a little bit longer to do a bit of grandstanding to the Autobots, saying that he they need to watch out for him because he's going to be rising in the ranks and taking his rightful place as the most powerful Decepticon before teleporting away. Yeah. But but uh they the 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 forest fire is under control they they lost the minicon but i think oh, Rad, you know. wait so as they as they call, um warp away as starscream warps away specifically optimus has a great line and he just like looks at like the after image of starscream and goes this will require some attention yeah yeah, it sure will. Yeah, I think he's just like similar. He's like, we gotta watch out for that one. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, uh, I'm not feeling that, Mr. Krabs. Ah, shit. This is a problem. But yeah, Rad kind of comes up and he apologizes to Optimus about how, you know, they, they should have been there to, to help them with the minicon, which I don't know how much you really could have helped, Rad, unless you're really, really good at climbing extremely tall trees. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's a tree person, so he's just he loves the trees. But Optimus, like, is just no, no, no. No, you're wrong. He he actually actually says you're wrong, Rad. Um, The the saving the forest was much more important because you know it would take it would have taken years and years to even begin to repair the damage that would have been wrought on this place had we just let the fire go unabated. So the sub is like a little different. In the sub, what Rad says is. Sorry about that. Uh, if you hadn't been listening to what I was telling you, you would have had a better chance at the at the micron. You wouldn't have had to like let them get ahead. And and then Optimus says the same thing, basically. But what he says is, 
we made the choice. It was our choice to save the forest, and I don't regret making that choice. There will be other microns and other chances to save the microns that have already been um, taken by the Decepticons in the future. Yeah, he's just like, listen, if we're, we, we're, we want to protect this planet, and that means protecting everyone and everything on it, not just, like, finding minicons. Then we cut back to the moon base, and Starscream is just having a fucking blast. We basically end the episode with Megatron looking at this and being like, uh-oh, sisters! Yeah, Starscream literally says, I'm going to be the most powerful Decepticon in the universe, maybe more powerful than Megatron. And Megatron just goes, hmm, we'll see, bitch. <laughs> yeah, Megatron, it is Megatron's turn to do Marge Simpson. <laughs> yep. So that was Jungle. Good episode. Starscream's moving ahead in the world. No longer part of his cringe compilation as of yet. I'm sure there will be future additions to the cringe compilation. Don't you worry. Yeah. Speaking of Spe- episode yeah, speaking seven, of cringe. Carnival. It is indeed Carnival in the Japanese. Hell yeah! So, all right. This one. This one's is not a great, clown folks. show. This one's wild. <laughs> This one is, like, just a real fucking sloppy mess. Is it, so, is it good? Objectively, no. Is it enjoyable? It is certainly more enjoyable than episode three, I think, because at least this one doesn't have an entire segment where they recap the first episode for, like, three minutes. True. Yeah, it, it but, is... It is, an, is it enjoyable? Well, your mileage may vary. That's what I'll say about it. I had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we get the setup. The carnival is in town here in Lincoln, Nebraska, apparently being thrown by the research center. It's like a it's like a science carnival, I guess, where it seems to be mostly just a normal carnival. But yeah, it kind of just looks like a carnival. carnival. I don't think that there was any science part of it in the Japanese version that I recall. Interesting. Maybe, I wonder, do they, we'll, we'll get there once we get to the fucking actual carnival stuff, but, uh, you know, so, so everyone's excited about that, but, uh, Carlos and Rad are kind of looking over, they're still looking over Runway's, um, Minicon panel and just sort of idly wondering why it is he won't wake up. Wake up, Runway, like, you're fucking up big time! Yeah, it's like, it like, is he shy? But Highwire seems to think, you know, we just need to give him time. Uh, as Rad translates, high, you know, Highwire thinks we just need to give it time, and he will, he will awaken eventually. Meanwhile, Alexis bursts in, and uh, oh wait, before that, Carlos has two ideas how to how to wake up Runway. One of them is scaring him, <laughs> and the other one is dumping cold water on it. Yes, yes. Carlos, your ideas are terrible, and Alexis says as much when she bursts in and tells them to clean their fucking rooms. Mom, holy fuck. Will <laughs> you live like this? Damn bitch. I, Damn bitch, I won't live like this. Exactly. Um, and uh, while we see her nagging them to clean their rooms, we see that Red Alert is doing the same to the uh, to Hotshot and Optimus. <laughs> yeah. A very extremely off-model Hotshot and Optimus. Oh my god, yeah. They look like, they look like cardboard look boxes. They look like Roblox characters. They look like it Minecraft is- Steve. They do. It is so. It is insane. <laughs> this is so slim, and Hotshot's arms are so tiny. He's but a skinny is basically... legend. He's a skinny legend. Redler is kind of just kind of like, hey, uh, I need a thing. Um, and they yeah, they're I need just a doing base maintenance. Can you pass me my spanner? 
They, yeah, I think it's a hotshot who asks Rad Curlis to yeah. pass him the, the spanner, which is just a fucking gigantic wrench that's like three times their size, and they do try to do it. And then Hotshot walks over and says, "Hey, I was just, I was just joking. What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, he's like, "That's a, that's a little something we call Autobot humor." <laughs> and then he does revolver ocelot tricks with the wrench. Okay, but it is important to note. That his fingers don't move. <laughs> it's important he's, to note that it's like his spitting on his open palm without his fingers moving at all. He's really good at it. He's really good at it. Ma- it's magnets, you know. Yeah, it's like robot magnet shit. He says that he learned that from watching a spaghetti western on that box you call a television. As though so they don't have television on Cybertron. <laughs> Presumably they're too busy doing war to do much of anything else. This thing about Transformers culture, right? So there are so many shows where just like they're just entirely devoted to war and don't know shit about anything. Uh, obviously there are exceptions to that where the, the 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 writers think about what life on Cybertron would actually be like. See IDW one and IDW two for that matter. Shit. Um, but they shouldn't let Hotshot watch TV. It's gonna rot his brain. Uh, so. The Decepticons are also doing base maintenance, uh, and they're, it's going a bit less smoothly and pleasantly than the Autobots' is. Looks like they should just, they're just, they're just making Demolisher do everything and like yelling at him for fucking up. Yeah, he's, he like trips over his own feet and Megatron. He trips over, he trips over his own feet trying not to step on Leader One. Right. And Megatron is just revolted by him. Just disgusted. <laughs> He's p- pathetic. Yeah. Alone on I, a Friday night? Yeah. Alone on a moon base on a Friday night. God, you're pathetic, Demolisher. Um, there's a line where <laughs> Starscream calls Swindle Grid. Good. Because they can't get that shit straight. Well, it's his name, so I don't know. I don't know what point you're <laughs> trying to make. Because that's it's just they they keep at least it's not as egregious as calling Sparkplug by literally just the wrong name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leader one character. is really bad. Like that's a different guy. That that's you're not like even calling him prime. As, as different calling... a guy as you could do. Yeah, and so this is basically our only scene with the Decepticon, and, and it's just them being bitches to each other. <laughs> like, I mean, cool. That's that's literally that's... just the Decepticons. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, the 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 name fuckery keeps happening because we cut down to Alexis seemingly analyzing some data about Runway's uh, like panel here. She calls Shershot Grindor. <laughs> That's also then, really bad. And then later, Carlos calls Grindor sure shock. Shit. So, something got fucked up there. That happens a lot. The street, like like I said, in particular, the street action team, those two's names are basically interchangeable for the very early parts of this show. Kind of a rumble and frenzy situation. <laughs> this does not stop in, uh, in, in future dubs, by the way. In Transformers Energon... There are two characters named Cliffjumper and Downshift, and it is genuinely a coin flip who will be referred to as who in any given episode. <laughs> There's a correct answer, and they're right about 55% of the time. 
Oi! It's better than the wrong rate, so don't know what you're complaining about. It, they technically have a positive ratio. Yeah. Um, but while this is going on, they're ba- Rad and Carlos is like, I don't want to fucking clean. I want to go out to the carnival and do fun carnival games. And so they and they do. They, t- they do. They take they take their they take their mini cons to the carnival in disguise, of course, because who the, we can't let the, anyone see the mini cons yet. But as they're walking out, Sparkplug sees them and he seems to tilt his head and is like, "Hey, what are those two up to?" <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem right. So, we cut to the carnival. Carlos and Rad are having a good time, but Highwire and Grindor start freaking out and trying to transform. They're like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't do that. We're in public. What? How could we possibly explain a bunch of tiny little robots walking around? There's no way that a situation would ever come up." And they look over, and thirty feet away from them, thirty feet away from them, uh, Prime, uh, uh, Jolt, and. Uh... Fuck, I can't remember Ratchets. Uh, Hook is his Hook. Japanese name. Yeah, I Hook. That's right. Um, are just being fawned over by yeah human children. <laughs> In the dub, they they justify this by saying that oh, the, the people assume that there's some kind of robotics project being worked on. Literally, by the lab. it's so it's so like not subtle uh, that. So, like, they're being fawned over by children, but there are two adults nearby as well. And one adult goes, it's like, wow, they're incredible, but they're robots, which means they're not sentient. There's no way they could think for themselves. Yeah. Now, one thing I do like about this episode is that it's kind of the first time we get to see the Minicons enjoying stuff on their own, apart from their partners. Like, it is, I do like to see them, like, running around doing hijinks around the stupid fucking carnival. It's fun. Let them have a good time. They're cooped up in that base the whole time. So they're just like, they're just, so uh, Grindor and uh, Highwire, I almost called Highwire Shurshak. I'm doing it now. Yeah. Who knows what names these three characters have. It's completely impossible to tell. (laughs) Yeah, you can't really blame them because it's just like the theme song. Transformers, robots in plain view. (laughs) <laughs> so they are going around playing games uh winning prizes yeah, carlos, just having a blast <laughs> carlos and rad see uh the three of them getting fawned over by all the humans and they look at um bank and wheelie and they're like oh well i guess it's fine then do whatever you want <laughs> yep they just they just go do whatever they want um and while they're doing whatever they want Finally, the long-awaited return of Billy and Fred. Yeah, really. <laughs> They're back. They're back, and uh, Billy is getting a hot, or Fred is getting a hot dog, and he's putting ketchup on the bun of the hot dog, which is a crime to me. That's just that's just going to be a mess. And, and it is. It's like five it seconds is. later. Yeah, he, he ruins Billy's shirt. Um, and he sees the, the little robots prancing around, in particular the little robots hanging around Rad and Carlos, and he's like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, Billy, the aliens are here. Oh, is so, that what he says? In the sub, in the sub, it's like, hey, what the fuck, why do those, those guys have cool robots and not us? Oh, that's what, yeah, that's what, that's right, that's what he says at first, because, like, what the, what the fuck are these robots going, hanging out with Rad and Carlos, those fucking dweeb-ass nerds who are actually like cool sports boys who love the environment <laughs> it's hard 
but, really hard to call what uh, archetype anyone is trying to uh, fill here, yeah, actually. I, I really can't tell if Billy and Fred are supposed to be the bullies or just sort of, like, pathetic hangers-on. The mul- they're multidimensional. They really are. They're really the most multidimensional characters on the show so far. Um, so they sneak around, and they, the reason that they start assuming they're aliens is because Rad and Carl are like, alright... We've had our fun. It's probably time to get back to base. So why don't you guys fucking transform and we can head back. So so Highwire and Grindor transform in front of Billy and Fred who freak the fuck out. But then they're like, but what if they were ours, actually? Because that's cool as fuck. So Billy, uh, the smart one, grabs a length of rope, which could be used to wrangle a small robot. What are you gonna theoretically? What you gonna do with that big net? Gonna kill me? Better make it count. Yeah. Better do it in one shot. Fred grabs a butterfly net. <laughs> it's not even a particularly big butterfly net. It's just a small one. Yeah. It almost looks like it's a fucking thing for scooping goldfish up. That you're not gonna do anything with that, Fred. So then, hijinks and shit. Yeah, ensue. comedy ensues. Is my next note actually. Just anything you can imagine, it happens. Billy yeah, and Fred chase is playing in the background. Like absolutely, like we we just see a bunch of shit going. Just just you know, think of all of the things that could happen when a when a trio of funny little guys are being chased through a carnival by a pair of dumb idiots, and that's what happens. Right. Um. I have a question, actually. Yeah. Why do uh, Longarm, Sparkplug, and Jolt have cockpits or driver's seats when they transform into extremely small vehicles. Um, for their extremely small child partners. They're even smaller. Like, we see Fred climb onto the back of Sparkplug as he transforms into a car to drive away. It's about as big as Fred is. Like, yeah. it looks like a fucking Power Wheels. Yeah, it's, it, it's like one of those, um, like motor motorized toy cars for toddlers yeah like it makes sense for the street action team because they're like they're like they're not full vehicles they're like not full vehicles yeah they're machines but they're not vehicles meanwhile everyone else is, is still a full vehicle but you know it's it's fine they're they're just miniature little guys and uh so they they as they are running around trying to escape uh, Jolt ends up getting cornered by Billy and Fred. Yeah, um, as as that happens, um, as it happens, Alexa shows yeah, up. Yeah, Alexa shows up in in Hot Rod, and uh, and she's like, "What the fuck are you two doing?" And there's the the, the carnival is in shambles at this point. Uh, I told you to clean your base, not to engage in carnival-based robot hijinks, you pair of fucking yeah, idiots. Yeah, and Carlos is there wearing a hot dog suit saying, we're all looking for who's responsible for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't rig shit. I didn't do shit. Uh, and, so. <laughs> and, and he's like, how did you even find us? And she's like, I used, <laughs> I used to cyberhawk, you idiot. I've been watching you this entire time. And the dad's like, so you've seen everything? And she's like, yeah. Everything. 
And they're like, yeah, Carlos is like, busted. Yeah. Fuck. Carlos is like, well, Damn. there's nothing else we can do. We've tried everything. <laughs> yep. Well, can't lie right of this one. So this is where things get weird. So Billy and Fred have cornered Jolt. And behind them. Yeah, Hot, hot, hot Rod, hot is, Rod is like, Hot Rod goes to Carlos. It's like, listen, I got this. Don't worry about it. It's chill. Oh, it's puts fine. on the most terrifying smile I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, so he shows up behind the two of them because they've just given up the ghost. They all suck at this robots in the skies thing. Um, the barest, like, flimsiest excuse that the dub has is that since this is a science fair carnival thing... There are robots around, but we never see any other robots. Just these guys. And there's no way there'd be one. Like, I'm willing to believe that for, like, the microns. Because they're people-sized, right? Like, if if you're... Hotshot's, like, fucking 15 feet tall and turns into a car. Yeah, so he, he, like, taps, I guess, Jim on the back. And Jim turns around or, like, notices him. And he's like, Billy... Hey, Billy. The robot's parent is here. And Billy's like, don't be stupid. They're robots. They don't have parents. And he he turns around as well. And Hot Rod's like, hey, can I have my little guy back? And Billy and Fred freak the fuck out and just run away. They like... They somehow manage... Oh, it's because they, like, start really grabbing onto yeah. Jolt. Yeah, so, so they they are, like, just clutching at Jolt as Hot Rod reaches his hand out. And Jolt, to cause problems on purpose, as far as I can tell, uh, decides then to transform and fly away. He pulls a, a leaf out of Vortex's uh, book here. And just starts flying Billy and Fred around and drops them off on a big balloon. Well, there's a great Um, line in this where it's like, where everyone's like, holy shit, Hot Rod, you have to do something. And Hot Rod goes, but I don't have a gun. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, sir. Because they they want to help get these two jackasses down from the balloon, which they... Joel doesn't deposit them on the the balloon. They land themselves on the balloon, um, and they're like, you gotta help get them down, and then then Hotshot says, yeah, I can't use ammo here. Oh, no. (laughs) You're just gonna shoot the fucking balloon down. Yeah, I mean, that's better than, again, the version in the sub, where it's implied that he would use ammo if he had it. Uh, Which, hot, hot shot, you do have one. You can just power links for the jolt and you have a fucking cannon on your back. Well, yeah. Um, J- I mean, J- you know, granted, that would probably turn Billy and Fred into like a fucking comedy pile of ashes, but hey. Um, meanwhile, a random adult man passing by sees all this happen. <laughs> and, yes. And has like a panic attack watching it. Yeah, the, the dub there's a bunch of jokes like I gotta, I gotta pay my therapist more. I gotta, I gotta get to these deep seated issues. There's a lot of therapy jokes in the Armada oh, dub. And I don't really know why. It's the, because in the sub they're alcohol jokes. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's extremely good. So uh, I, the, the, I, I know if I saw a bunch of tiny little vehicles fly in front of me, I would also need a drink. Um, but yeah, so it's very cool that now all of Nebraska knows they're there. Um, but they don't. Right. <laughs> no one, no one notices 
all of this crazy shit happening Except in this for carnival. This, this one adult man. Who just blames it on the alcohol. Um, but Hotshot performs a fucking Rube Goldberg ass <laughs> yeah. maneuver to pop this balloon. <laughs> like, he, he grabs the, like, the, the, the kind of the target cannon, you know, shoot the target game thing. He shoots the ball, transforms, drives till he overtakes the ball, transforms again, power links with Jolt so he can fly up to soccer kick the ball through the balloon. You're doing great. And then the balloon pops, and they save the... There were, like, 75 unnecessary steps Uh in that... Just pop the balloon with your robot hands. No, heart emoji. Just have Jolt do it. He's a fucking helicopter. Just have him pop the... What is this this shit, Hotshot? I think he just loves showing off for the kids. He just loves to show off for the kids. Yeah, he's That's like the gun, it's the gunsmithing thing. He just loves to show. He's off. like, listen, my cover's blown. Might as well go whole hog with it. Um, yeah, the the only people who see this apparently are a bunch of children. Yeah, and they Alexis Carlson Rad threaten Billy and, and Fred into silence. I don't know what they do to the rest of those children. Yeah, like uh, Hot Rod puts on his best uh, Bill Murray voice and looks at the children, and says, "No one will ever believe you." Yeah, basically, he's just like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, tell your fucking parents about this shit. And. Guess what? No, a giant robot turned into a car, soccer kicking a tiny <laughs> ball into into a pop of balloon to save two two fucking twelve year olds. Who cares? No one's gonna believe you. Just go go along, run along. So the last the last notes I have for these episodes is that it cuts over to the one adult man, Sam, who uh, yep. saw all this and he's walking with his friend and he's like explaining to his friend. It's like, no, I saw like this huge robot and there are all these other small ones like flying around it. And his friend's basically like, Sam, go home. You're drunk. Uh, and uh, like, it's like, there's no way that happens. And as he, his friend is saying that hot rod and all the microns drive past them exactly as Sam has just described. And his friend actually basically says, Forget that, Sam. I think I need a drink. Yep. Yeah, and the, and the, and the dub is like, can I get your therapist number? I think I have some deep-seated issues, too. <laughs> so, yeah, they Billy and Fred are in the know now, and so are a bunch of children, but they don't they don't matter. Um, it's fine. The masquerade is still up. Infiltration protocol has not been broken yet. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So Red and Carlos go back to base, and they're they're talking about the runway's panel again. And they're like, "Well, shit, it didn't wake up yet. <laughs> kind of thought it'd wake up by now." But then it starts to stir again. How many times he's gonna hit that snooze buddy br- button, bro? Well, this time's different because okay, so first it displays the JPEG of runway, but then it shows the image of two other little guys next to him, and then. For a brief moment, it shows a sword made out of all three of them, seemingly, and then it shorts out. And it's nothing to worry about. It's fine. That certainly isn't the first threat of ongoing plot to appear in this show. What's a Star Saber? I couldn't know. It's another guy from another Transformers canon. Don't worry about it. That's true. He's 
He's bad. One, he sucks real bad. In, in one universe, he's like a religious freak. Uh, a IDW genocidal religious freak. IDW Star Saber is so funny. I do love him. You remember, remember when he told that guy God hated him and then crushed his heart with his bare hands? <laughs> cool shit. It's fun times. Uh, yeah, that's episode, folks. That's episode Carnival. It's it's really quite stupid, but you know we gotta have a hijinks episode. Uh, we do have a couple of have, questions this week. We do, we do have a couple of questions. I think we have one on Twitter. How about you take that one? Okay, we have two on Twitter. One is from Stephen Marshmallow, which is which side of the Transformers War would Carnival rides fall on? You know, that'll depend on what bot is taking on their form right like okay it's they would be they would definitely be a combiner oh fuck they would definitely be a combiner a gestalt and um uh, what would what would their combiner form be named um well it depends on if they're going to be decepticons or autobots um all right, let's let's choose five. Oh, I know, no, rides. I know, I know, I know. It'd be on in either either form. It'd be Thriller. Oh fuck! So let's choose five Carnival rides to turn into this fucking Thriller combiner. Okay, definitely we, one of them is a Himalaya. I think no, one of them is oh, a yeah. Viking ship. Yes, the Viking ship because like yeah, the um, what is it? The the Matterhorn rides. Those I don't really associate that with carnivals. Those are more of a theme park thing. Yeah. Carnival rides are a little bit cheaper, but the Viking ship is a staple of carnivals. We need a Tilt a Whirl, obviously. A Tilt a Whirl, a Ferris wheel. Yes, that's like the that's the big one. That's the chest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, a like minecart ride, like a like a small roller coaster. Yeah, teacups. Teacups. Yeah, I was just about to say teacups. Um. This would be a very spinny combiner team. They just spin a lot. I mean, that's carnival rides. Yep. Carnival rides they, is just uh, different ways to spin. Um. Spin to win. And I think I think those are too joyful to be Decepticons. Yeah, those- those are Autobots. So those would be sure. they, those would be Autobots, but I feel like they would be I feel like they'd be like the Autobot equivalent to the Scavengers. Where they've kind yeah, of been like they're of, like actually we are not built for war at all. So <laughs> bye. They're just, just a bunch of goofballs existing on the fringes of society. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, thriller. I love Thriller. Someone someone draw us fan art of Thriller, please. <laughs> and then uh, our second question is from Countess Cosmos. Uh, Casey Cosmos, uh, what is your carnival ride of choice, carnival game of choice, junk food of choice, choice of choice, 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 choice? Um, All right. My carnival ride of choice is, I mean, I always like a good Ferris wheel, honestly. Yeah, Ferris wheel is nice, you know. We're all getting older uh, every day, and our backs just can't quite stand up to certain things, such as the teacups or... (laughs) certain wooden roller coasters that just sort of uh pulverize your vertebrae well, here's the thing. fine dust i'm actually a huge roller coaster enthusiast but no yeah i like i love a roller coaster i don't trust a carnival right but like that's the that thing much. like i a don't trust carnival roller coasters and they're also just like not that fun because they're so dinky yeah. like i'd rather go on the ferris wheel and at least get like a nice view out of it you know 
I uh, I always whenever I go to the the Texas State Fair, I always try to to ride the Texas Star, which is a big fucking Ferris wheel that gives a nice view of the of the whole city of Dallas. Yeah. Nice. My junk food of choice, generally speaking, is um, funnel cake. Yep. Uh, funnel cake for me, too. I love that shit. You can't shit. go wrong with funnel cake. Um, the closest thing I have to a carnival, like an easy access to me, though, is um, Coney Island. And um, getting the fried clams at Nathan's is always like a priority for me whenever I go. Um, carnival game of choice. Yeah, I don't really play that many clown games. I, I like the, I like the, I like the water clown. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't like being scammed. But uh, I mean, all the all the water shooting games are fun. My favorite is the horse race. What's it? Oh man, yeah. Where you like, yeah, you know, try to win the horse race by shooting water into it. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, great. And those are our Twitter questions. Carnival, carnivals are just various flavors of squirting water on things and spinning. And spinning and eating funnel cake. All right, in Discord, we have a few questions over in our comlink channel. Casarachnia, uh, very good username, asks, "Which Autobot goes bankrupt trying to win a big toy for the kids? How about just to prove that they can? Hotshot is the one who does it just to prove right, they can. and Optimus does it for the kids. Yes, Optimus. Optimus does it. Cool, for the kids. cool, Uncle Dad, Optimus." <laughs> Now, obviously, we're very limited in choice of Autobots right now, uh, and cast in general. So, what about what if we extend this to, in general, like, just, just sort of a the vague G one sphere of Autobots? Oh, for um, I still I Rodimus does it to prove. Yeah, exactly. It. I stand by by it. <laughs> like he w- he would absolutely spend all of his money on a game that was clearly a scam just to try and win it. <laughs> Yeah. The one who does it for the kids, Cyclonus. That's my that's my choice. He, he's a hard. He he likes to act hard, but we know, mm. we know he's a big softy on the inside. Who would do for the kids? Uh, yeah, G one. <laughs> as we as we pointed out, G one uh, Optimus is kind of a dick. <laughs> He's a huge asshole. <laughs> uh, Hounds, maybe? G1 Hound, Hounds? Maybe, or Beachcomber. Beachcomber. Oh, it's B. Yeah, Beachcomber. Or Hound. I mean, Hound as well. They're both hippies. Skyfire. Oh, man. Skyfire's too big to play in the carnival rights. <laughs> Beachcomber is just the right size, because he's a little guy. Yeah. Alright, uh, let's see here. Uh, here's another one from Casey Cosmos, parentheses, the Transformer. <laughs> What Autobot moonlights as a clown? Uh, <laughs> um, Rodimus. Mm, no, never mind. That's a full-time job. That's not moonlighting. Blur. <laughs> yes. Very good. Didn't he open a bar in IDW? He, like, yeah, back in days. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, that blur, blur would be a very funny clown. World's fastest clown. Yeah. Um, Fastest clown alive. I'm just trying to think of, like, the ones who like attention the most. Um, Mirage, but he stays cloaked the entire time. Mirage is a mime. He's too <laughs> high class to <laughs> right. be a clown. He's, Mira- a, he's a towers mech. He's a mime. Uh, Mirage is in the Cybertronian equivalent of Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I hate that. That's but what you're I right. Think. 
And maybe like Blaster. I think Blaster just likes being a DJ. I can't really say. Yeah, I guess being a DJ is a form of clownery. (laughs) I think you have to be at least like. He likes performing. 10% clown. He loves to perform. I think you could get Blaster to perform a kid's birthday party without much effort. So Hornmeister asks, what nightmare keeps haunting Starscream? I mean. (laughs) Uh, And Cass adds, and why is it jam? Jam. Would you like, do you know the lore behind Ja'am? Of course I know the lore behind Ja'am. What kind of Monster Factory monster do you think oh, I am? Oh, this is not related to Monster Factory, actually. Oh, no. This predates Monster Factory. Ja'am is a Transformers Armada meme from way back oh, in the day. Oh, I do. Yeah, okay. It, the, the Transformers Armada comics, the toy, the, in particularly the, the, uh, the, the pack-in toy comics that were that were included with the most figures um so so armada had trilingual packaging where everything was displayed in uh, english french and spanish this included the uh, dialogue for the comics which meant that everything was really weird and stilted um and the the art also looks kind of strange and so a guy edited the 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 first armada pack in comic which involves uh hotshot getting like a fucking tank of green liquid yep. um into yum jam <laughs> just hot mm, shot. jam yeah just hotshot being this fucking freak of nature who loves jam um and loves to dance and there that they even had a they gave him a jam license plate in the in the 2008 hotshot figure. Isn't that beautiful? It's Jam is real. Jam is real and it does haunt to Starscream's dreams. No, I think Starscream's nightmares involve whatever the Cybertronian equivalent of taking a test in your underwear is. Yeah. I mean, uh, we Although we don't that's get kind of his life. We, that's already kind of his life. We don't get a lot of his like lore so far at least um in armada but i would presume the destruction of vos is up there oh lord i mean <laughs> i mean he, he just there's so much how his his life is a waking nightmare how could we how could his dreams inflict anything worse i mean on we him? know in idw it's literally megatron yes <laughs> we, I mean, we literally see him have nightmares about Megatron in IDW, so... Starscream has nightmares about so many things in IDW. Yeah. He's haunted by so many ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> what happens when you betray everyone you know and then kill half of them as well? Well, nothing good. It turns out you turn into, like, a the, you elected president and you, your closest advisor is your dead friend. <laughs> right. Who you're, you're definitely hallucinating and not is actually who, a, a, a real ghost. Yep. So that's that's Starscream's what what haunt what nightmare haunts Starscream. The living nightmare of being a failure in Megatron's eyes. That's the truth of it. Uh, Jeez, yes. Read Spotlight Megatron if you want to know more about that shit. Holy That comic is so good. It's that Megatron design is so good. It's grim. It's very grim. That that fucking Megatron design kicks ass. Yeah. I have a model kit i got for my birthday of idw megatron uh that i really need to put together that's sweet i need to take i like to 
I like to call that version of Megatron Dilf Megatron. Yeah, he's just so mad, though. <laughs> he's so mad. I mean, when is when is Megatron not mad? I mean... That's the least mad he's ever been, really, in that run. In... In... We've... <laughs> And more than meets the eye. Oh yeah, it is. But it is a. It is a particular. It is not the the self armor one. It is a particular design of Megatron with a certain insignia on his chest. Right. It's that Megatron, the one with the. Uh, I believe the artist said that the little squigglies on his chest were meant to convey chest hair. Oh my god. Thanks, Alex Milney. But that's that's anyway, not we've spotlight. Been cuts. Yeah, that's not spotlight. <laughs> no, it isn't. I do want to get that figure. Yeah. Anyway, we've been prime cuts. Uh, yeah, you, you uh, can find us on Twitter at uh, Prime Cuts Pod. Uh, you should uh, join our Discord. We, we would still love to have right. more people join our Discord. Um, you can find uh, the link to that Discord, permanent link to that Discord, in the uh, episode description for every episode, including this one. Or you can go to um, our Twitter profile, our bio there, and it is the URL at our website uh, section. Um we are a proud member of the Noise Space XYZ network, hosted at noisespace.xyz. Thank you to uh, Matt for hosting us. Um, a lot of other really good shows on there, um, including uh, Zero to Zero and Kyle XY uh, and uh, Slappers Only. So lots of good stuff to check out, um, including my other show that I do, Um Pod Agreed, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, we are towards the end of Season 2 GX, and things are just absolutely popping off so hard right now. Getting wet and wild over there. Getting wet and wild over there. It is. Satellite cannons all over the place. Um, White, heard a lot of whole talk on the last episode. A lot of whole talk. A lot of talk about the D, you know, yeah. this, this normal Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff. I wasn't there for that one, unfortunately, but uh, I, I do look forward to recording this week's episode. Following up on that, <laughs> uh, you can find that uh, not only on noisepace.xyz, but on Twitter at pro- uh, Pod of Greedcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Optimum on Prime. And if you want to hear more from me in the future, you can follow at The Reticulation, that's T-H-E-R-E-T-I-C-U-L-A-T-I-O-N on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook for updates about a website I'm trying to launch with a very good friend of mine to uplift and spotlight LGBT voices in the realm of pop culture criticism. You can find me on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. Um, I just retweet stuff. You can also find my other projects in progress, some completed. You can find and listen to my uh, Shira Analysis podcast over at Podcast of Power. My friend Jane, we wrapped that up a, a little bit ago. We still have a uh, a, a collab between us and the uh, the fine folks over at Strangers Fiction, uh, including casts on an actual play one shot we did. Uh, so you can, that's that's going to be posted in the coming months. You can also find me over at Disney Minus Pod, talking about the cursed wasteland that is Disney, uh, the, the 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 House of Mouse. Uh, next up is the um thing that can be dubiously described as a film: Mars Needs Moms. Oh no! Oh yes, I look forward to just being utterly destroyed by this. Who knows? Maybe it will usurp Artemis Fowl as the worst movie on my list. It's quite it's po- tough competition. possible. It is tough competition, but it is quite possible. And of course, my upcoming project is Radio Free Heidelin, an 
a, a, a critical analysis of the entire text of Final Fantasy XIV from A Realm Reborn to Endwalker. And when I say the entire text, I mean the entire text. All of it. All of it. So you can look forward to that starting in January. Uh, we'll be uh, cranking that uh, production crank up soon. Um, but uh, until then, I uh, do 75 flips in the middle, uh, combine with a angsty jet and uh, level half a forest and roll out. And I um, turn on the yakety sax music, transform and roll out. Till next time, peach. Peach.